everyone. Welcome back. We are doing another episode of Sipping with Jen and Jules. And it is episode number 10. Yay! We made double digits. We, like, honestly, I believe in us, but <laughs> I, I really didn't think we would have made it this far. But we did. Yeah, we, 10 like, is like a big, big number. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're excited about it. Yes. So excited to bring you this episode today. We had an opportunity to chat with jewelry artist Lara Zahn. But before we get into, um, a, you know, stuff about that conversation, Jen, what is our drink of the day? Today we are sipping on watermelon lemonade. And I want to sing for you right now, but I won't. I Every- almost just said watermelon <laughs> sugar. Watermelon sugar. <laughs> See, there you go. Like every time I hear that, I just think about that song. And I don't even particularly like the song, but no. it's an earworm for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. But watermelon lemonade. Yeah, it was good. I wasn't like over the moon about it. Um, I don't really like watermelon, which is weird to You're Julia. Crazy. She thinks I'm weird, but um it was a good summer. It was refreshing. It was a good summer drink, but it wasn't very flavorful, in my opinion. Makes me think of sitting poolside and mm-hmm. having something very refreshing. To dive into today, we are so excited about the chat that we had with Lara Zahn. And I was taking, um, you know, just after that interview, taking a moment to take stock of all the things that we talked about. We talked about so many things. Such a great conversation. But one thing that stuck out to me that you'll you'll hear about in the interview and a lot more was the challenges that we've all been facing during COVID. Mm-hmm. The the piece that kind of really resonated with me because I've been feeling it significantly is the challenge that we've faced within working in COVID because we work in COVID. We work in some ways in it. And, and COVID has been really difficult for all people. Um, but especially difficult for people who've had to work in it. And the challenge of working in it all day and then turning around and trying to be creative, even though we use creativity as an outlet, that has just been such a challenge to kind of cleanse yourself to not think about it and then do something creative. Mm. And I've been really hard on myself through this season because that's been put on the back burner. But it, it was really comforting, and I, and I know it's, you know it's not comforting that we've kind of put that on the back burner, but to hear that there are other people who have also kind of struggled in that, especially kind of in the beginning when it was really significant, that was kind of you know a huge takeaway. I mean, everything we talked about was um, kind of just mind-blowing in a way that, you know, we experience all this stuff together, just a lot of... Um, you know, stuff that we're all feeling Mm -hmm. um, that kind of came out. Great conversation. Yeah, it was a really good conversation. And, you know, we talk a lot about because, you know, Laura has her own small business and we talk a lot about social media and how she uses that and kind of the positives and negatives of that. And then we also talk a little bit about astrology. So that was a really interesting take on some things there towards the end. So this is a really good conversation. I think it's going to be a a fun one to listen to. Yeah. So stick around. We're going to jump into that interview right now. So Laura Zahn, thank you for coming on our show today. We really appreciate you coming and chatting with us. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do it. No problem. So I want you to talk about 
what you do, just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for work, what you do for your art, and just give us a general sense of, of who you are. Sure. It's funny. <laughs> I listened to your last podcast episode and you were talking about how people introduce themselves like with what they do for a living. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, that was pretty thought provoking, but I am going to start that way <laughs> and describe. Uh, so I've been working at Vanderbilt for the last five years. Um, my degrees are in biology, and so I work in basically biomedical research. Um, my effort is split 50-50 between running a collaborative program where I bring a bunch of researchers together to talk about their studies. Um, so listening to doctors and scientists talk about nitty gritty science stuff a lot. Um, and then the other 50% of my effort is um, doing evidence review for the, our drug repurposing team. So finding new uses for existing pharmaceuticals. Um, so usually it's my job to like look in the literature and find um, things to support the biologic rationale, you know, looking at drug mechanisms and um, physiology and how things are working together. Um, so real, real sciencey. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's what I do for a living, but I think um, to backtrack and give you a better picture of who I am, um, I'll say that I was probably always a more creative person before I was a scientist and um, grew up definitely thinking like sort of without question that I would be doing something creative as an adult. And um, I would say for a long time when I was in high school, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And so I applied to like um, a big fashion design school that's in New York City called the Fashion Institute for Technology. Um, so I applied there early and got accepted my senior year. Um, and so I had this whole plan for myself that I was going to go do that. <laughs> but my parents were not very supportive at the time. They, they weren't really supportive of me moving to New York City um, just right out of school. And I was going to have to probably take out a lot of student loans to go and um, I don't know, they just, they weren't supportive. They didn't feel like it was realistic. And so that was kind of a drawback, you know, um, but I mean, I had a teenage rebellion that I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. But uh, I don't know, I would say actually, whenever we went to go visit the school, there were um, a lot of girls in high heels walking around the school. And I, to be very frank and honest, that I kind of was intimidated by that because that wasn't the kind of person I was. And so I was like, oh, maybe these aren't gonna be my people here. Like maybe this is gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be too out of my element, which I think in hindsight, like that was a real snap judgment <laughs> based on, you know, a limited view of things. But, um, but anyway, so I sort of chickened out a little bit at the last minute, like the summer before, and I asked the school to hold my spot for a year. And I was like, I'll just, uh, you know, make some money and figure things out in the meantime. But then my life sort of just like went this other direction. I ended up moving to Portland, Oregon for a while. And basically it was just like a wandering hippie for a while, not doing anything productive but still, you know, kind of being creative and making art. And anyway, I came back to Tennessee and I fell in love with somebody and then ended up getting pregnant um, pretty young. So when I was 20, I got pregnant and, um, and my partner left me pretty quickly. <laughs> so I was very, very quickly a pregnant young single mother. Um, and so then that, you know, that obviously changed everything, <laughs> changed how I see saw the world. Um, and so then I did after, he was one, I started college online and I was really just doing it out of uh, necessity just to be doing something. And I knew that I could get student loans and grant money, you know, if I went to school and rather than like say getting a job and having to pay for daycare. So anyway, so I went to school out of 
just sort of like, oh, I'll just do this to buy some time and, you know, not really knowing what I was going to do. But I will say that college definitely changed my life a lot and opened a lot of doors and changed how I saw myself. Um, you know, it started taking harder and harder classes and had really good professors that saw a lot more in me than how I ever saw myself. You know, I just, I really did more see myself as just like, oh, I'm just creative and I'm social. You know, I didn't really see myself as like very smart or, you know, academic. You know, I didn't see myself that way, but, but turns out I'm a huge nerd <laughs> and didn't know it. So, um, so yeah, so after switching my major a few different times, I ended up in biology and, uh, you know, got my master's. And then right after I finished my master's studying like cell biology, cancer cells, um, I ended up working at Vanderbilt. So that's where I've been for the past five years. So it's very, <laughs> it's a different place than what I would have predicted for myself, but, um, yeah, it's nice because it pays the bills. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is fascinating to me. Like I did not expect this conversation to go this way. We have a lot to unpack here. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for not not well, but known you for a while and I had no idea. Like that so like we now hear that story, the question that I immediately go to is do you have regrets that you didn't pursue the the fashion like your life could have been so different and I'm not saying yeah. for good or you know better or worse or anything but like that's two very very different pathways that you could have taken so oh, do yeah. you have any or there's do you ever a, like wonder I feel like there's a few time points in my life where I'm like oh if I had done this at this point my life could have been different like even if I had stayed in Portland and never came back to Tennessee you know my life would could have still also been totally different but um do I have regret I don't know I don't think so I don't, I mean, that's hard, that's hard yeah. to question because I, I do feel like me having my son is what I sort of, uh, signed up for. I feel like in this life, um, I mean, I'll tell you just to get right into the real deep stuff. I mean, I always sort of thought that if I got pregnant, I would have an abortion. I really kind of always thought that leading up to it, but mm -hmm. the, the, like the moment that I took the pregnancy test and saw that it's, I got the one that actually said pregnant, like the word pregnant, just to be like really sure. And it was like in that moment, like within 30 seconds, I somehow knew it was going to be a boy. I knew that he was going to have dark hair and dark eyes. And I knew that I was going to be raising him on my own. I like sort of saw my life flash. I knew it was going to be really hard. I knew that it was going to be really difficult, but somehow I had this immediate sense of recognition and familiarity with him like he automatically felt like a person like within 30 seconds of taking the pregnancy test I mean it was very bizarre whereas I had been up until that like there's no way that the universe is going to make me be pregnant like there's no way <laughs> like the universe yeah. side like that it is not going to happen but but that moment everything shifted and so so I mean all that to say just that I feel like um there's some part of me that needed that this experience to grow in ways that I needed to grow and so I I don't think I regret it um because who knows I mean you know who knows what could have happened it could have not been good you know and going those directions I mean I think it's really hard to be a fashion designer and be like successful and that and to make you know decent money and I'm sure it would have been stressful and um competitive and you know whatever um it just would have been a different road and so I do think um having my son definitely shaped my the way my life has gone and it's been definitely really hard but I would I think that I'm probably I like the person that I am and so I think 
that I don't know if I would have been the person that I am, you know, if the route had gone a different way. But I mean, I'll say I'm still have always been doing creative things, you know, on the side all along, of course, because that's just like my nature to do that. And, uh, and so now to talk about the jewelry. (laughs) So I have been making jewelry for the past like few years. Um, that's just sort of my newest creative venture, I guess. Before that I was, I used to sew a lot and make clothes and do embroidery. I'm kind of drawn to the textiles, but, um, but making jewelry has been, has just really clicked well for me. I really enjoy doing it. Um, it's less, it's faster to make jewelry than to make full clothes, you know, and, and I can make clothes for myself, but it's a lot harder to, you know, make clothes for other people that have different body types and stuff, you know, but jewelry is a little more easily accessible for other people. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of been my focus the last few years. And I would say it's definitely really satisfying. I feel like I've sort of come full circle, you know, in a way, like coming back to the fashion and feel like it's just as important. I feel like the jewelry now is just as important to me as my science job. You know, they're, they're kind of, (laughs) they're kind of equal importance at this point now. So. Yeah. So what I was thinking about in terms of when we were asking about, do you have regrets and, the way that you talk about your journey and your path kind of led you to where you are today. And then almost in that like instantaneous moment of when you were pregnant and you saw your life before you, it's like, there, it's really difficult to have regret whenever you're still kind of doing, you still ended up in that same place. It just happened in a different way. It's, mm-hmm. you didn't abandon it. I think it's, it's, it's a different conversation of regret if you just said, well, I'm not doing anything with that anymore, but you have found a way and probably yeah. almost in a way that feels even better for you that you may yeah, not have discovered. I mean, exactly. Well, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, that's something I could talk all day about just the, the pressure of creativity whenever you are trying to make it um, I mean, it's not my full-time job, you know, but just like, I can easily imagine, I mean, it already, it already is, you know, like a small time business where I get requests from people, you know, to make things for them, you know, and that automatically like adds pressure to it, you know, in a way that's different from like, oh, I'm just creating something like for fun that that's not all sunshines and roses. <laughs> you know, I think it's really hard um, to have that much pressure on creativity because then it's, for me, it's a lot harder to be creative, like under that pressure, you know, it takes some of the spontaneity out of it. And so I think it, it is better where I have like the job that I have that is really fulfilling to me, fulfilling other parts of me, you know, that um, are just as important parts of me, <laughs> you know, like the parts that aren't necessarily my creative side, but, you know, my intellectual side, I guess, you know, and um, there's a social aspect to my job too, that I really like. you know, so it's very fulfilling in other ways. Um, and I think that helps take off some of the pressure for the creative jewelry stuff, because then it's like, oh, I can just do this on the side. Um, even though, like I said, it's sort of growing in its <laughs> importance in my mind, you know, where it, it is, you know, sometimes hard to sort of balance the two. Cause sometimes some days where I'm working, I'm like, I would really rather just make jewelry right now, <laughs> you know, so it, it kind of go back and forth a little bit, but it is nice, I think, to have both, you know. Yeah, um, I do want to come back to the balance conversation, but before we get too far into that, can you tell us exactly, like, what kind of jewelry do you do? What's, I know, because you have a very interesting take on your jewelry, and I really want to hear you, hear you tell us about that. 
Yeah, sure. That's a good, um, good point. I just skipped right over that. <laughs> um, so I, I make hand, hand woven beaded jewelry out of seed beads and um, with really small, tiny beads um, and lots of colors. And so when I first started doing it, I was just making, I don't know, random patterns and colors and stuff. And, um, but then last year, well, I guess I'll say I've always been interested in birds. I've always been interested in animals in general, but definitely birds. I always had pictures of birds saved all the time, not really knowing what I was going to do with them, but just like, oh, this is a beautiful bird. Like, I just feel inspired by this bird. Um, so I had been doing that for like years. And then um, my son got really into birds, into birding and stuff, identifying birds and photographing birds. And so that kind of definitely became a really time-consuming hobby for both of us. I mean, me taking in places to go birding, he's taking pictures. I'm definitely not taking pictures, but um, that became a big focus in our life like a few years ago, probably in 2018, I think is when we probably started. And um, so that just like amped it up even more where we're just like always talking and thinking about birds like all the time in our house. Uh, my son is now 14. I should mention that. But um, anyway, so we were supposed to go on a big birding trip right whenever the pandemic was starting. Uh, we had this trip planned to go to South Texas where there's a lot of unique birds that aren't in a lot of the rest of the country. And so we had like looked forward to it for months and we're just so excited. And then the pandemic happened. We were going to go right during his uh, spring break from school. And then right then we were like everything was amping up for the pandemic and everything was just so in the air. And then everybody was like, are you still gonna go? You shouldn't go. And I was like, we're still going. Like <laughs> I have there's birds to see, you know, we're gonna be fine. And then the airlines ended up canceling our flights. Um, and so everything just sort of fell apart, which was really, really heartbreaking and sad at the time. I, <laughs> I cried, I was so disappointed. Um, but anyway, so that same week when we were supposed to go do that, I was already had taken the time off work. Um, but that was when I first made a pair of earrings inspired by a bird. And I don't know what made me do that at that moment, but it was just sort of, it kind of came from my desperation and sadness of, you know, the disappointment of not getting to go on our trip and just looking at pictures of birds a lot, you know, and I'm like, can't see them in person, just looking at pictures of them and then wanting to translate that into joy. I think I had kind of had the idea maybe a couple of months before that, but hadn't wasn't, you know, like, I don't know, can I really do that? Does it even make sense? You know, like just wasn't really sure, but it wasn't until that week that I did it, made a pair and it was just some random bird that I had chosen. It wasn't even one in Texas. It was just some random woodpecker that for some reason seemed like an easier one to start with. And um, I remember I shared it and then a lot of people liked it. And then it kind of like getting over that hump of like, okay, I did one, like now there's all kinds of birds, you know? And so it, it just kind of snowballed from there and, um, at, like at the time of initially doing it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to only do birds now, but that's pretty much how I feel now. <laughs> like now I just only want to do things that are inspired by birds because it feels more meaningful, I guess, to me, um, because I will say that there's a lot of jewelry out there. There's a, there's a lot of jewelry in the world, you know, and so it's really hard to, you know, make something that feels unique and feels like it has a purpose because, you know, it's just jewelry and, and I'm a very environmentally conscious person. And so I, I don't really like the idea of like throwaway things, you know, things that you can buy and then just like be done with it, you know, in a year or something just because, you know, it's not cool anymore 
or, you know, you're just like moving on from it. And so I felt sort of before that, I felt like that's kind of what the jewelry was. It was like, you know, I'm making this by hand. It's like, oh, whatever. It's just, you know, some stripes or whatever. Like it didn't have as much meaning to it, but the birds really took it up a level in meaning for me, you know, to do it instead of feeling like, oh, I'm just producing more stuff. Like the world needs more jewelry, you know, um, it helped make it more meaningful. And it also, I think, gave me a platform to talk about birds <laughs> to people. And um, I do really like picking birds that are uh, endangered or, you know, face threats from environmental like degradation or human impacts and stuff. So it, I like, um, you know, using it for that. I like to help just raise awareness. Not that, you know, still most of the time it doesn't feel like I'm doing enough, but, you know, just like bringing awareness and making people think about it and just highlighting like these birds are so beautiful and they might not even be around, you know, in like 20 years or 30 years or something like within our lifetime. There's a lot of birds that are, um, their populations are really under threat, like in our lifetime and it's, it's happening, you know, and my, and my son is like acutely aware of that because he's, you know, super, super birder and he's aware that there's birds that he needs to see like now because they might not be around, you know, later. So, so anyway, so that just all that to say, it, it makes it more meaningful to me. Um, so it makes me feel like I'm producing something that, you know, at least tells a story and yeah, just makes it a little more unique. Yeah, I love how, like, because I know when you share your, your stuff on Instagram or, or whatever, you share the picture of the bird and then the jewelry that inspired it. And y'all, y'all are going to go, everybody go look at her stuff. It is amazing. Like, the similarity and the color placement. And I never thought I would be like, oh, that earring looks just like that bird. But it really does. And it's just amazing. And I think it's just really, really awesome that you've been able to kind of, you know, marry the love for the environment and what you love to do. And plus the whole you know, bonding with your son, which is a whole other topic over this and create these very, very unique pieces. So I think it's really cool. Yeah. And, and, and like, I'm just so drawn to how much passion that you've infused into this. And I like looking at your, at your jewelry, it is like truly unique. And that's what, when I looked at that, because like you said, there's so much jewelry and there's beautiful jewelry in the world but I remember yours because of how unique it is and it has like so much passion behind it. And I just, I love the story of all of this and that's what art is, right? There's so many pieces of what you have shared where because of the pandemic and the canceling of your trip that this now kind of came, you know, it came to life. You, you may have been thinking about it. It was kind of a catalyst to, for your yeah. healing of, of kind of coping through you know, this, this horrible thing we all experienced. Yeah, definitely. And I would say it's all about, you know, finding your voice, I guess, you know, I think that's such a big thing in creativity, like finding your unique um, way to express yourself. And I feel like the birds is what made it really feel like me, you know, because I really do have a relationship with birds because we spend a lot of time birding, you know, and it's something my son and I do talk about like regularly, you know, so it, it very much feels like a part of me, and that's, um, it's just been really satisfying to find that, like to find like, oh, now this is a really way to like make it feel really authentically me, you know, um, it's a lot easier to create from that kind of place rather than just like trying to imitate, imitate something that you've seen or like, you know, trying to recreate something you've seen, but put it in your own 
you know, your own spin on it, which is, I think, what I was probably trying to do prior to that. You know, it still always just sort of felt like I was just struggling a little bit, I think, to make it feel uniquely me. But yeah, the birds definitely helped and I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, speaking of unique, the name of your business, <clears throat> excuse me, could you talk a little bit about that? Because it's, it's a very unique name and tell us about why it's called that. Yeah. Well, so I came up with the name Chromadots. Um, this was before the bird like influence really took over, but it was a few months prior to that. But, um, but yeah, I was trying to think of a unique name, which I will say is very hard to do. <laughs> it's, it, there's so many, there's just, everything's already out there. Like there's just, it's so hard. Um, anyway, so every kind of name that I would kind of like come up with just like in random brainstorming, I would like Google to see, and then there were always like, other businesses, like, you know, doing other things, you know, but there was like those names were already taken. And especially like on Instagram, you want it to be like, I want to use this name. And anyway, so a lot of things were taken. So, um, so it came from just like trying to brainstorm with different words, like, you know, pattern play or like color, you know, just like playing around with words. Um, and then a friend of mine who's very creative too, she was kind of helping me and she came up with chroma as another word for color. Um, and so I like that. And then I combine it with dots because that's just a, a motif that I like. I really like spots and dots and polka dots, you know? Um, and so I just sort of combined those and it became chroma dots. And I looked it up and that was not a, it wasn't a business. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, there's a green light there. Um, and chroma dots actually is a term to describe the, it's a visual artifact that happens whenever you um, play a color video on a black and white TV. So like the black and white TV can't actually display the colors, you know, but it has like there's an artifact that makes an extra little dots or something on the screen that like those in the, you know, in this whatever 50s probably, I guess, were like termed chroma dots is what it was called. And so I really, whenever I looked that up and read that, I just really liked that description also because it was sort of like this intersection between black and white and color which is also something that I really gravitate to in just like my design and like my artistic like you know vision I guess is usually I really like the starkness of black and white like that contrast and that I really like colors too and so I just sort of like the the merging of those two things and then now that I've like had that name for a while the way I see it now I think of chroma dots I mean like the beads themselves are like dots because they're so small they're little tiny seed beads and so and they are all different colors and stuff so I just sort of feel now like chroma dots is just like a name for the beads themselves or some you know in my brain so I assumed it was about the beads so you that you gave much more context so that was cool <laughs> yeah that like that seems I'm glad that it makes that sense but that was yeah didn't my brain wasn't even there right away it was just like a, a struggle to find something unique and you know and anyway that's where we ended up but now I, I like it and it seems fitting but it's, it is I think about it now how the bird aspect like came about after I had picked that name and so then I like think about like oh would I have chosen maybe I would have chosen a different name you know that was more like had, had something bird in the title I don't even know what that would be I haven't <laughs> thought of a different title and I'm not going to change it because that just seems silly to do now but, um, but anyway, that's just, that's where I'm at. So it's still chroma dots. So how long does it take you to like make a pair of earrings? 
it's a little hard to say because the way that I work is I make things up as I go. <laughs> and so I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that can like draw it out first and then like start doing it. It's just like not, I don't know why. I just like, I'm not the kind of person that can do that. Um, even when I try doing it, I'm just like, oh, I'm bored with the drawing. Like I can't <laughs> do it. And I just like want to get in and start doing it. And so, um, so that means that sometimes there's, I do things and then I undo it and then have to, you know what I mean? To go back and add more. Um, and so I would say, so that part, that part can vary, you know, sometimes I can make an earring, like one single earring in maybe like two hours, maybe longer if there's a lot of like going back and forth, you know? Um, but I would say once I have one earring and then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to make the pair for it. Like to make the pair goes a lot faster. And I would say that probably takes, I mean, depending on size, it probably is like an hour and a half, you know, to two, two, two hours or something like that, depending, you know, the bigger ones obviously take a little bit longer, which I think is a really nice, um, time limit for myself personally because I have just never been very good with like the projects that take a really long time you know like weeks or something like some people work on things for like really long time I just can't I don't have the follow-through I can't do it I lose I lose the motivation I, and I leave I would leave a lot of projects like unfinished because I wouldn't go back to them I do that a lot like embroidery you know it takes a really long time and I've <laughs> I have left some embroidery projects you know uh, to collect us because of that. But I feel like the jewelry is usually like, I, I like that I can usually make an earring or, you know, at least start a necklace. A necklace would probably take a little bit longer. I would say a necklace probably takes like four or five hours maybe to make one. Um, but uh, yeah, but I can generally do it in like one sitting, you know, in the evening and that, that works better for how my brain works. So do you, do you, like focus attention on this each and every day or is it something that you structure I'm always curious about like how people plan or schedule because mm -hmm. that's like what I do <laughs> good, good, um good I would not I wouldn't say that I schedule the time but I would say that like part of my normal routine because I mean I obviously have a, a day job and so I'm usually working during the day and then um you know, in the afternoon, like usually go for walks or something, do something. Sometimes me and Oliver go birding somewhere or something. But anyway, so then I will make dinner and clean up. So usually it's after dinner, then I'm sitting down on the couch. And that's usually when I like will also watch TV. And so usually that's what happens is I will turn something on TV and then I'm usually beating as I'm like watching TV. Um, and so there's sometimes where I do it like every day, like when I'm really like motivated and really have the inspiration and working on things. Um, I do it pretty, maybe not like every, either every day, every other day, do it like three days in a row and then take a day off. You know, I mean, usually I'm pretty consistent about it, but then I'll say right now, I'm sort of in a, in a holding pattern because I'm supposed to be doing a commission for somebody. And it was just one, it's one that's, it's, it's uh, intimidating me. It's a, it's a bird that is a little bit harder to do. It's a great horned owl. I'll just go ahead and say that. Um, and so great horned owls have a lot of pattern on their chest and stuff. And so I'm, I'm sort of like intimidated mentally about how to translate that into the necklace. And so I did eventually start it. So I, I started it, which I thought was really good. Uh, it took me a while to even get there. And so I did start it and I, I'm sort of over the hump now, but anyway, I've just sort of been, it takes a lot longer to <laughs> make my stuff. I can, I'm really good at procrastinating in those kind of scenarios where it's like, I'm not quite sure 
what to do and I'm worried it's going to look bad. And because it's somebody that requested this, you know, all that just adds all the extra pressure to it. Like I was saying before, like how it, I can imagine like, oh, if this was really my full-time job and this is like my only source of income, like just how hard that would be um, to do. So not that this person is giving me any kind of pressure at all personally, but it's just in my brain, it becomes, I overthink things a lot, you know, whenever it's like for somebody else. So I've been having in the meantime, lots of other ideas of other things that I want to work on, like for sure. But I know that I need to get this done. And so I'm sort of not letting myself work on those other things because I'm like, I need to do this first. So I've there's there's been a lot of not beating happening the past week just because I've been trying to work on this one. But once I get that done, um, then you know, I'll be back to probably beating pretty consistently just because right now I kind of have a lot of ideas and things that I want to work on and stuff. So kind of a couple of things here. So it's like having the day job where take some of the pressure off of not having to have this full time to support, you know, you and your family, but then you still have that outlet. So you have that balance, which is nice. But then on the other side, when people ask you to do something and they're giving you money and that's a good thing, then there's like this other piece. And I can completely relate to that because I feel that whenever you're kind of in the middle of this, like, piece where you're doing your day job and then but you still want to do creative work it's really hard to like go one way or the other because you're kind of pulled in either direction you like the security and the stability of that day job that's there with having this outlet over here creatively but then you want to do more of the creative stuff and people start to notice that you're good and want to like do these things but then it's not really your control any longer and it's such a hard place to be in that middle so much back and forth yeah absolutely that's 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 where I'm at <laughs> that's the truth right there and I can see um just even if I try to imagine like oh even if the jewelry did get bigger like even if like playing out those scenarios in my head of like even if I really did get to do, like just do jewelry like you know full time or you know, just to in a bigger extent, you know, than just like what that means. That means that you really are a little bit more beholden to what the paying customers want, you know, and it's not necessarily always what like I might necessarily want to do. And so that's, that's just the reality of the thing. So, I mean, sometimes I'm not complaining. I really do like having the custom requests and stuff, but it's just, it's a different kind of creative work to do. Um, that has pros and cons. But. Yeah, well, you said something earlier about, because, um, you know, you're, you're working in this the science realm, and you're also doing the, the art, the beads, the jewelry, that that completes different parts of you. So I think that's super interesting and important to realize and to be so, to be self-aware enough to know that I am more than just this day job, whatever it is I'm doing, and I'm also more than the creative side, right? Like, maybe some people are more or, or less the other, but I feel like it's a very good thing to be self-aware about, okay, I can do more than one thing because I am more than one thing, right? So I feel like, you know, you sound like you don't necessarily want to quit your day job and become a full-time jewelry, you know, jewelry maker, right? Well, so I feel like I mean, that's interesting. I will say that there were times, especially this last year, you know, a lot of our work was focused on COVID, which mm -hmm. was heavy and really hard. I mean, I spent, there were a, I mean, extended periods of time where all I was doing was reading about what was happening in COVID patients. And 
that's hard. That's a lot to live, like to always have on your mind. And it's not just, I mean, I already like read about diseases and hear people talk about diseases a lot for my job, but for COVID, which is such a very like present danger, you know, like all around and stuff that just adds a lot more anxiety. And it was just really hard to escape. I think everybody in the pandemic was probably collectively feeling that, but I was reading about it like every day and it was really hard and really draining. And there were times where I would like watch the mailman go by and I'm like, I think that looks like a great job. <laughs> like I, that seems really low stress. And I am really envious of that right now, just to like give people their mail and just be done with it. You know, I was, I was definitely looking at the postman with envy. Um, and so, and I would say during that time, I wasn't necessarily making that much jewelry at the time either. It was really hard to, you know, turn that, that part of my brain off and then just jump into like, oh, I'm just gonna think about this bird and be creative. You know, I mean, I did struggle with that. I was not as productive, like in jewelry last year as I want, wanted to be, you know, and it really wasn't until I got the vaccine you know, the first dose in December, right after Christmas. And then I got the second dose in January. And I feel like that has just like lifted a lot of weight off my shoulders, um, just personally, because it let me be more, um, get to see my friends more and be a little more social, it took some of the anxiety away from me. And I would say also that our work has like calmed down a lot since the vaccines are available. You know, the pandemic is um, subsiding to some degree, you know, so I would think say that the last few months, things have really calm down work-wise, which has allowed me to like put way more energy into the jewelry. Um, like just so all the stuff that was, I feel like sort of bottled up and wanting to come out that really, you know, um, sort of like, yeah, came, came exploding out <laughs> for me. It felt like um, earlier this year. So like in March, I'll say this, I, I did a like, you know, there's these challenges that go around on Instagram. And so there was one that was called March Meet the Maker, where people were supposed to post every day. And you had like these different prompts for, you know, to post every day. So I'm not really like that active on social media, really. Um, that's like not, it's, it takes effort <laughs> for me to do that. It's not necessarily like my go-to like thing I want to do. But, um, but for a business, I think it's sort of like a requirement, you know, for promotion. And so anyway, I took that, that monthly challenge as a, um, oh, I guess it was a daily challenge within the month of March as like a push. I'm like, I'm going to see what this does for me, you know, like, and it, and it pushed me to be more productive, um, making jewelry. So I would have things to post and also made me, you know, see what happens if I engage more in social media, like how much would that help me grow? Like my creative business and like, is it worth it? Like, and I would say that whole experience was really good for my productivity. It did help me like I was way busier <laughs> during that month. I was like doing my job, but then I was also really focused on making jewelry, like more so than I normally had been. Um, but I also had a lot of ideas at that time. I made a whole collection of jewelry that were inspired by the family of birds called pittas, which are uh, mostly found in warmer parts and like Southeast Asia is where most of them are, but there's some that are in Australia and there's a few in Africa too, but a lot of them are kind of like in Indonesia and Philippines. Thailand, like those kind of places. So anyway, they're all like really cute. They're all really diverse, have really cool patterns. I was just very, very inspired by those birds. And so I made like, that was my first collection of jewelry, like, you know, a cohesive sort of collection, um, which I was really, really proud of. And I feel like it was sort of that, that March Meet the Maker challenge that kind of pushed me 
to sort of do that and and just you know be that consistently showing up to the beating and and making the work and having a vision and carrying it through for like this overarching kind of vision you know not just a single a single pair and and I would say posting more it did help me grow my account I mean I got a lot of new followers and and some of the people that ended up buying some of those pitta pieces were people that had only just found me you know within that month of March um, which was really cool. And yeah, and it just helped me. I did connect with some other people. And so I do feel like the social media, it's it's a tool that can serve you <laughs> in a good way. But I will say it's also was really exhausting to have to like think about like, what am I going to post every day? Like to keep up that level of engaging is, is hard. It's exhausting. <laughs> and I like quickly fell off as soon as the month was over. I was like, I cannot keep this, can't keep this up. But, um, and it also sort of like got me stuck in my head a lot too of like, well, how many likes am I getting? You know, like always kind of checking back to see like, how's it doing? And, and some of the ones that I really liked, you know, they might not necessarily be everybody else's favorite. And then the ones that I'm like, I don't even know if I want to post this. And then everybody else loves that one, you know? So um, you sort of never really know how it's going to go. And there's just, you know, this whole like trying to, pe- you know, please other people and get all the... <laughs> all that kind of stuff that is such a crossover because I'm thinking about you right now I know I'm like shaking my head (laughs) like such a crossover like social media and like getting too much in your head about it and and like using social media for you instead of having it use you so yeah I was thinking about Julia over here sitting here like eye daggers at her like this is you this is you (laughs) (laughs) yeah what do you mean share share more (laughs) well I mean it is so hard because I so my form of like creative expression is through photography and it's a very vulnerable space for me to share because like there's so many amazing you know photographers out there and I don't feel that I'm at their level I feel like I could I have enough talent that I could be at their level but I get into this whole you know balance of well I don't have the time to do it but that's on me you know I can control that but when I'll share something it's like when you put a lot of time and effort into something, you you kind of just you're you're wanting that response. And similar to you, where it's like you when you really love something, you know, I'll put it out there, you know, I might get, you know, the people that always love me, you know, that will kind of say something, but, but then something else that you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna put it up there and it gets and you're like, I don't understand this game. What yeah. is it? You know, and yeah. and it's it's really like it's mentally exhausting and emotionally exhausting sometimes because there are times when I just want to leave social media forever because I'm like this isn't worth like the roller coaster that I go on yeah but then whenever you're trying to like be in the game there's all these rules right there's rules like you need to post every day you need and I'm like this I can't do it oh my god I know I feel you (laughs) that is is definitely everything you just said and you use the right word too it's very vulnerable it is very vulnerable to share something that you've made and then then you are waiting to see like the reaction I mean it is very vulnerable and and doing it every day in a month it was like oh I'm acutely aware of how I am setting myself up I was like hoping that I would like get desensitized or something but it almost just became like magnified or something because I was just doing it on a daily basis of like you know, putting this out there and what are people going to say? And 
oh man, it's, it was exhausting. It gave me a lot of new respect for the people that do do it every day. Like, you know, the people that really do for that and have to do it for their businesses. Cause there are some people that really their creative stuff is their whole, you know, source of income. Um, and they are a lot more dedicated. And anyway, it just gave me a lot more respect for what they're doing and gave me a lot more like now I, I make a point of liking the, everybody's post, you know, that I really do like, you know, just how important that really is. And like people that share, because I think that's another thing that happened too, is that when in the month of March, when I was sharing more, there were some new people that found me and some of them would share my stuff. Like they would share it in their stories, which was like, oh, it made me feel so like touched that somebody would do that and share that with like with their followers. And then sometimes I would get new followers because of that. And just like how it really is this tool for community building. And when it goes well, it's so awesome and touching. And then it makes me also be more aware of like, oh, I need to do that for other people too, you know, and like really be, we're all in this sort of together, these other creative like makers. That's like a lot of who I follow on Instagram is a lot of other makers. And I follow a lot of bird photographers too, but um, anyway, so yeah, it's just like a whole thing, but this is something me and my son talk about a lot also because he's a bird photographer and he has an Instagram account and he has way more followers than I do. Um, but he, he feels the same thing, you know, and he's, but he's younger. And so he's not as emotionally mature and just how hard it is to, um, just, it's that sense of vulnerability, like you said, you know, putting yourself out there over and over again. And then when you see, you see it sometimes see other people who, you know, share something that you don't even think is as good, but then it's got like, you know, 40 times as many likes or something and everybody's making a big deal about it. And you're just like, what is going on? And just like all the comparing that happens. I mean, I feel like all humans do it, but he's, you know, a teenager. So he's like, just even especially doing it. And so he goes through this real love hate relationship with Instagram where he just sometimes like, he doesn't even post as much as he used to because of that, just because it's such a roller coaster and not as fulfilling. And, and really what I think is helpful to try to remember what I'm always telling him is, I mean, part of it is, you know, just these algorithms that are on Instagram where it's like not necessarily all of your followers or even seeing your post, you know, they only show it to a smaller proportion and then based on how that proportion responds then they might show it to a wider range you know and so it's like a whole hidden game that's happening that really has nothing to do with you know how good your picture is or whatever um and so which is just frustrating we can't do anything about that part we we sometimes think that we when we put it out there that it's just it's there the whole world is there to see it but there's really a system kind of playing against us. And and one thing that you said that um, I've actually been talking to Jen about and, and going to try to work on, and I think this would help with the whole vulnerability of sharing, is I read this book called Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis, and he spends a lot of time talking about community and being the fan that you would want for you. And so going and liking other people's posts, making comments, sharing, doing the things that you wish people were doing for you is going to make you one, feel good about yourself because that's making their day, right? Like you just shared how that made you feel that someone shared your Mm -hmm. stuff. So it's always going to like come back around to you. But if you're just doing like putting something out there, not doing contributing to anything else, you're not going to get it back, you know? So it is kind of, you have to kind of be in the game 
yeah. along with it. And game's the wrong word, but you, like, you have to be a part of it. You have to participate. Um, just want to throw this in here. This this podcast has really made me more conscious of that as well. That whole sense of wanting to build community and be supportive. Because now when we talk to guests who are doing, you know, whether they're painting pictures or doing, you know, fighting like DJ or um, Laura's doing joy, all the things that we've talked to people about, musicians and different things. Like I go out and now that I know that there's their stories behind it, their personal stories and why they do it and um and hear them talk about their passions i'm just like i'm gonna go like dj's fight video i don't know anything about fighting i care really but like i just feel like it builds this sense of yes i'm gonna support you you can support me and then i actually find myself getting angry is really strong irritated when i see other people who are doing things out here and their friends aren't supporting them and then i'm like why like can we just not all <laughs> can't we just love everybody yeah. and like help people out because it just frustrates me when you see somebody giving and giving and giving so much and not getting that back when it's not like you have to spend money you just be there and be a support for that so this podcast has really helped me see that more and I'm trying to do a much better job of, of just being supportive in the creative community yeah I mean I think that is so true and and the more you do it the more you're aware and so then I mean it's definitely changed my practice like I've definitely bought even in just in the last year I've bought more things from like small artists you know like prints and um different things uh but what was I gonna say oh man I had a point um I was gonna say oh even just like you said just liking somebody's post just making a comment just saving it like you don't have to buy the stuff you know but even just doing that is really helpful and supportive and it just like helps you know if y'all do that to my post it just helps the algorithm know that like oh people are engaging with this like we're gonna show it to more people so and I don't think a lot of people know that I mean just you know generally regular people that aren't, you know, trying to use Instagram for the same purpose, you know, they probably aren't really aware of like how, how important it is to just like comment on things. But a few of my friends, I have told that and then they comment a little more often. And I'm like, thank you for doing that. Cause it's just such a small, it's such a small thing, but it, it helps. And it, it means a lot. It's just one of those things to keep in mind for all the creative people that you're following on social media that it just helps. Yeah, because I'll have I'll have friends that will talk to me personally about something they've seen me post on Instagram, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, but you did not like that post, like yes, exactly, like, like just yeah. hit like, and then I know you've seen it. It's so <laughs> right. easy, y'all. It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. So for everyone listening, just like the post. Just yes. hit it. Just do it. It <laughs> means it will mean the world to every person behind that account. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Which I didn't, like I said, I didn't even realize that as much myself until, you know, until actually even making like a business account, you know, and then, and just, yeah, that vulnerability of like sharing things that I've made and just like how much it means to me. And it, then it gave me a sense like, oh, everybody else must feel this way too. <laughs> but, I, but before I was sort of always thinking like, well, they're already getting, you know, a thousand likes or something. So like they probably are just doing fine and then I'm just busy being jealous of them or whatever but <laughs> I think that the reality is that everybody does it on different scales this is something else me and my son talk about because you know he has he has way more followers than I have so there were times where I would post a pair of earrings and I would get like you know 30 likes or something and I'm like and then if I could get like 40 or 50 I'm like Ooh, that's it. like, that's, that's something I've accomplished something, but you know, he gets like, he has like a thousand followers on his account at least. And so he'll get like routinely, you know, 
well over a hundred likes on everything and sometimes 200, you know, sometimes even more. And like, so to him, like his bar is higher for what he needs to like, feel like, oh, this did well, you know, but just how that is, you're never, we're never, none of us are going to be ever satisfied because there's always somebody that gets more and has more, you know, it's just like everybody's working on a different like scale. And so even if you got up here, cause like now I probably get, you know, like, maybe six now like regularly I'll get like maybe 60 likes or something on a post or something but then now I'm like well I want to get more than that <laughs> you know I'm never really satisfied so this is just the world we're in but yeah it, it, I try to tell myself that to just remember that you know um like I'm never gonna win <laughs> like it's never there's never like a, a finish line that is like okay this is gonna be good enough you know and just to learn to be happy with where I'm at, you know, and, and another thing a friend told me too, that also she has a, a different kind of business, but she had a lot of followers, but she was always seeing like, she could have, you know, almost a thousand followers and then be aware that not all of her people are seeing her stuff. So she would be frustrated about that. And she would, um, she would always tell me that it's like the people that are actually engaging and the people that actually buy your stuff, like you could have only a hundred followers, but if they're people that are buying your stuff, like that is more meaningful than having a thousand followers that like, aren't really buying your stuff or, you know, don't, don't really care. You know, that was just a number and it's not necessarily that important, which is where I feel like I'm at right now. Like my business has grown a little bit in terms of like followers on social media, but I have been getting a lot more custom requests, you know, like people that really do want stuff and people that are just like coming out of nowhere. Like I've just consistently in the past couple of months, I've had like a list of things that I need to do, which is a new, it's new for me, but it's like, that's more meaningful than, you know, how many followers I have. So well, I think it's easy to get lost in that whole, you know, we talked about this earlier, but just get lost in the whole social media game or whatever. But that, to me, that just makes me think, okay, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for 100 likes or am I doing this because it's something I'm passionate about doing and want to get out into the world? Like, you know, the podcast or anything that I write, like, why am I doing it? Am I doing it for you guys out here who are going to either like it or not? Or am I doing it for myself and which is the most important thing to stay true to so if we cannot get lost in that whole social media game and just stay true to the why then that's the important part yeah I mean and I even have to tell myself that sometimes too because it's like really I don't even really need the money (laughs) like I really don't because I have my job so like it doesn't really matter if people buy the stuff or not it is definitely though me just wanting the validation you know just like wanting people to know that people like the stuff I make, you know, it just makes me feel like the approval. Like I don't definitely do want it, you know, but I, and I hate it. I hate that. I want that. I hate that. I want the approval. Um, I mean, cause really, if you it really came down to it, I, I would probably give all my jewelry away if it just meant that everybody was going to wear it. <laughs> like if they, if everybody just was going to really like it and wear it, that's really what I want because then that would make me feel like really cool that like, Oh, they really like this thing that I made and want to wear it. Like, it just makes me feel good. That's that's the real truth of everything, that's that validation that I want. But is that healthy? Probably not, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I think that there's the, the real root of all of it is that sometimes I get satisfaction out of making things, you know? I get the satisfaction out of like, this is really cool. I feel really proud of myself for making this thing. That's always been my life before social media, you know, like that I've liked making things, um, So I always kind of have to come back to that. Like, this is therapeutic for me to spend my time doing it. And that's really what matters. And if I really like it, then that's all that really matters. Like the Pitta collection I made of jewelry, like 
I freaking love it because I love pittas, you know? And so, but like, not, I still have a lot of them that didn't sell, you know, but I still love them. And I, and I'm glad that I feel that way about it. You know, that it's not like, oh, because I was a little disappointed, like, oh, these <laughs> didn't exactly just all sell out immediately, but it's okay. Cause I, I'm still really proud that I made them. And, you know, that's, that's really the bottom line. Yeah. I think that's key. And on anything where we kind of, we kind of get to a point where we get into something and we're like, okay, we, it's just the joy of getting to go through the practice, but then we level up to like a new level. And then there's a whole new set of expectations that we put on ourselves sometimes. And if we just circle back to the why and the, why am I doing this? Jen and I do this all the time with the podcast because, you know, I'll like obsessively look at numbers and do all the things. And then I'm like, oh like I'm frustrated why isn't it doing this or doing that or whatever and we we will have to almost sit down and have like a pep talk between ourselves to say okay let's go through the list of why we are doing this we're doing it because we really like connecting with people you know it doesn't matter about how many people listen if just one person listens and it makes a difference in their lives then that's important to us but it's also forcing us to like actually do something because otherwise, if we weren't doing this podcast, what would we be doing? You know, so this is like our creative outlet, even though we have, you know, we're balancing, you know, Jen, you know, with her family and a career, you know, myself in a career. And so, you know, it's hard whenever you're, you're balancing so many different things to not kind of get caught up in that. I need something more from it, but you do have to take a step back and say, you know, life is short and we just have to be happy in this moment and whatever's in this moment. And if it's the joy of doing it, then that's all that matters. That's a really good point. I like how you explain that too, like the leveling up, like how we, we are doing that to ourselves, you know, cause I remember Jen bought, Jen bought the first pair of earrings that I ever sold like way, like years ago, like it's like probably the third pair of earrings I ever made. Period. And they're amazing. And I wear them all the time. But I, love I, mean, them. I probably sold them to you for like $20, I think. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like, it was just such a funny, like at that point, I was just making them just like, oh, this is my new hobby. I'm just making stuff. And then you were like, oh, are these for sale? And I was like, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Like, sure, okay, 20 bucks, you know, but then, and then after you made that sale, then then like, I think I did later, like a, a market thing, you know, where I set up and then I sold a couple of things there. And then I was like, whoa, this is new. This is cool. And then, you know, later made an Etsy shop. And so then it's like, I've raised the bar on myself now, whereas before it was just like, I'm just making this stuff. Somebody wants it. Cool. You know, but yeah, it's like, I have, I did that to myself, which, you know, is fine. But um, like you said, it's just, it's, it's annoying that we have to keep always coming back. Like, it's never going to be like, oh, I've had this realization and now I'm good. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, I have to go back to it over and over and over again and always remind myself like, oh no, I'm doing this for all these reasons, you know? Yeah. Julie and I have to recalibrate occasionally and mm-hmm. that's okay. Cause it's, it's fine. As long as we can keep coming back to it, then that's, yeah. that's the way it should be. I think we're just so set up, like, I think social media, especially just makes it so easy to compare to everybody else. And so it's really easy to spiral and, you know, do all of that stuff. And even like Instagram, I don't know if y'all have a a business account, like it'll show you like your follows and then like apparently unfollows, like people just suddenly start, have y'all had that? (laughs) That was like, I was aware of that beforehand. It's like, who are these people that just like 
I mean, I know that there are accounts that just will follow you and then like within two days, like will unfollow you, you know, but anyway, for a while I was like looking at that and I would feel so like rejected every time I was like, somebody unfollowed me. Like I didn't even post anything. Like, why are you unfollowing me? But now I just don't look at it anymore. I feel like we're the same person because yeah. I feel that like <laughs> so much. I go through that cycle all the time and then it's just, I have to set boundaries, but even setting a boundary like it goes away and then I like I recycle back through all of that oh, again. Yeah. But a lot of things too that I think we don't, you know, maybe it's just as like human beings, we don't always pay attention to how much work some people and the years that some people have put into what they've done. And then we come in at it, you know, they've been doing it for 10 years and we come in mm-hmm. at day 10 and we're like, why aren't we getting all these mm-hmm. likes? And we kind of forget that there's just a lot of, a lot of time and energy and effort that people will put into it and that we are we're walking that path too but our time may not be right now but I feel like we just feel so much pressure with seeing you know all the success and all this stuff and oh we're supposed to be doing this I mean there's you can google you know all things about social media and it's like you do all of these things well if you do all of those things and they still don't work you turn around and put it on yourself when they're missing a key component of that is that you need the you need the time and you need to be consistent and you you've just got to keep showing up every day Um, it's funny too that you say that though which i think all of that is very true and valid and i think i have to remind myself because there are people that have been doing it longer than me but i also have seen other jewelry accounts that just like you know started in october and then they've already got like 600 followers and i'm like what is happening i don't understand but but when i really look i see that they were posting more consistently from the beginning you know and they're just have like you said it's the time you know they're putting more time and energy into it like from the moment they created their account which is not what i did you know i made it and then you know it just sort of like petered from there for a little while um, because of other life things, you know? So anyway, there's just, like you said, so many factors that go into all of that. But I also want to say too, and you said that we're like so similar, Julia, um, cause you and I don't really know each other, but I have been listening to your podcast for like, ever since I knew I was going to do this, I've listened to almost every, every, every episode. And there's so many times where you say things and I'm like, oh, I relate to that so much. Me and Julia are very, <laughs> very similar people. Nice. Um, but I also say just as another side point something i wanted to talk about creative creativity wise is that um you know it's not just necessarily making things because i feel like my a lot of my creativity is like mental i'm a like i'm a very much an idea person so like that comes that you can see that in my work at you know science stuff you know i like like thinking about ideas and tossing them around in my head but i'm also like really into astrology and which i feel like is a whole um it's a whole like creative philosophy kind of thing. And that's, that definitely has been a real huge focus for me for like the past couple of years as well. And it's just, a, you know, uh, another way that I can express another part of myself, you know, like Jen, Jen said earlier, you know, having these different parts of you, like, I'm not just the jewelry maker and I'm not just the scientist. Like I'm also like very spiritual and philosophical, you know, and, um, just, yeah, there's a whole lot more to me. And I know that Julia's mentioned astrology a couple of times. And I know you said you're a Pisces and I have a lot of Pisces in my chart. And so I think the other in that regards. Yeah, we, we need to have a, another conversation. On Follow this. up. <laughs> yeah. Part yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's but so I mean, many. I'll say also, I'm, a, I'm an Aquarius is my sun sign. 
And it is totally an Aquarius uh, characteristic to be like very interested in a lot of different things, you know, and pulled in a lot of different directions. And so anyway, that's why I like create, being creative and doing things is like, that's like second nature to me rather than, um, you know, some other, I feel like there's sometimes when I've heard Jen and some other episodes like talk about, um, you know, just having a different stance on it where you have to sort of like push yourself like to do certain things or whatever, or try new things. And where it's to me, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this and I want to do this too. And like Julia was talking about her, her dreams. What did you say? Your fantasy self, like fantasy self. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of that where I buy supplies for things like different creative projects I'm going to do. And then sometimes don't always get around to them and stuff, but Anyway. Isn't it nice, Julia, to know that there's other people out there like this? <laughs> it really is. I don't feel so alone now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like that too, but I feel like you guys really need to hang out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We got things in common. Yeah, we need to do a whole like podcast series on each of the signs and creativity. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's mm, gonna come. I up. like that. Okay. Yeah. Me on. and me and Oliver last night. I saw um, a post on an Instagram, like some astrology account or somebody that I, that like posts like just funny astrology meme kind of things. Anyway, they posted one that had a different bird for each sign. And I know a lot about birds. And so I was like, these are not really very accurate. <laughs> but I really liked that idea. And I shared that like to my story or whatever, just like, this is really clever. I like this idea, but like a lot of these are wrong. And so then my son ended up coming in the room and we started talking about it and we like came up with different birds for each sign. And I think I'm going to make like a, a little jewelry collection of, you know, like, like local native birds, like birds that people would recognize more because I know like a lot of times I do like doing the tropical birds that like nobody's ever heard of just because those are the ones that are interesting to me. But, um, a lot of times when people want custom things, they are more like native birds, you know, birds that people are familiar with. And so I know that that's like one of the things that people want is the local birds. And so, which is not as, it, as, uh, interesting to me, but I was like, oh, if I tie it to astrology, that will make it more interesting. And so anyway, I have like this whole plan in my head of <laughs> doing some different jewelry, doing different birds to in jewelry form and tying them to different astrological signs. And then like having a description that I can type out about, you know, what, what about their behavior, the bird's behavior, you know, ties to the sign, which See, I think that is really cool. I want to know what my bird sign is now. I'm a Sagittarius. You don't even know? What's oh, my bird? Okay. What's my bird? Sagittarius. Okay, so we said so. Uh, a a characteristic of Sagittarius is the need for travel, and so they're supposed to be expand expanding. Sagittarius is about developing your a worldview, and a lot of that does come from traveling, like expanding your horizons and seeing beyond. You know, which is really interesting because I've heard you a lot of talk about like being raised in like a small town and having to you know, branch out from that. And so that is very much a big part of Sagittarius development is traveling and expanding your worldview. And so for that, we picked a black pole warbler because they migrate all the way from like South, like really low in South America, all the way up to, you know, the, the, the States and even up North in the States, up into Canada. So they're like one of the most well-traveled of the warblers of all the, all warblers migrate, you know, but they're like the the farthest distance migrants 
and they're just teeny tiny teeny tiny little birds too which is just really miraculous that they can make these like long journeys and they do it like twice a year <laughs> like they do it like to go you know up in spring and then they'll go all the way back down you know in the fall and anyway that's awesome wow cool i can't wait to see this post because <laughs> like, it's gonna I, be a, a series of posts i think i'm gonna have to break it up i love it nice yeah because i'm like i'm obsessed with that's pretty much my entire instagram feed is just like astrology like different <laughs> memes or whatever but it's funny because you know pisces is the last of the signs and mm -hmm. so whenever these companies or not companies but these brands will post um stuff about the um, signs they always wait last for Pisces but then you'll go look at the comments and the Pisces all the Pisces are like where are the where's Pisces where's Pisces and they like get like people will get really <laughs> salty with the Pisces group they're, they're like you're you're the 12th sign so you're gonna be last and like everyone like the Pisces like feelings are all hurt and I'm like okay <laughs> like am I really this bad like I can't, I can't do this so I kind of hide my sign at that point and then I'm like because I'm, I want to see I it too, but like I'm patient enough to wait. It's oh my god, that's so funny. funny. I could talk about astrology all day. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so fascinating. Pisces, I think, does sometimes have a bad rep. I see that sometimes on social media too. Just um, yeah, people making fun of them for different reasons. But I love Pisces, and once I realized, you know, so I always knew for a long time that I was Aquarius Sun. Like I knew that. And, and I remember looking up my chart, like my full chart, probably when I was, um, I don't know, like 18 or 19 or something, like using a book and, and stuff or whatever. And I remember seeing that I had like my moon is in Pisces and Venus and Mars are in Pisces also, and um, which are, you know, important planets, you know, to have uh, in a sign. And so anyway, I have all that in Pisces. And at the, I remember at the time being like, whatever short description I read of Pisces, I was like, what? That's not me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't identify with this, whatever. And then I just very quickly bypassed the whole thing. And then like years later, came back to it and was like, oh, this is very much who I am. <laughs> and very in that Pisces side of me is, it's a really important part. Like I'm very sensitive, you know, really when it comes down to it, I kind of like have this Aquarius mask you know that makes me look very like confident and you know I'm doing my own thing and I don't care what people think you know that is a part of me but like Pisces really wants to be loved and wants um everybody to get along and like is very sensitive to somebody's comment that might have just been said and you know passing but like how you take it more deeply and you know which might be part of their rep that people you know make fun of them about or something but I mean it's my reality it is a part of me that I don't even think I really until reading more about astrology helped me understand, you know, that side of myself better and like, and not see it as a weakness and not see it as, you know, something that's to be ashamed of or whatever, but just like be aware of and acknowledge and that there's strengths of that, you know, that other signs don't have. Yeah, so. there really are. It's, it, this made me think of a story that's probably like too much, but, um, I was very, emo I'm very, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I feel like the older that I get, the more, that I can kind of get a handle on my emotions, but I still do feel things very deeply. But whenever you're a teenager, emotions are just like crazy, right? So you're just all mm -hmm. over the place. And so I was always the girl in school who would just like cry. Like I would just cry over everything. Like it didn't matter, like happy, sad, mad, I would cry. And I remember at one point I was um, like, just a after like a very emotional time, one of um, this boy, 
in my class was like, this is going to be the downfall of your life is that you're too emotional. And I was like, and I was so offended that he said that because I was like, but this is who I am. And I feel like it does give me really great qualities whenever you can kind of take you know, take what's inside of you and you pour it into something really good, you know, just because you're emotional doesn't mean, but it, for so long, I carried this, like, this, like, thing inside of me of how someone saw me that it was a negative thing, and I'll never forget that moment that I was like, no, I'm gonna be, it's gonna be fine, but. That, how yeah. interesting, that makes me think of, this is not exactly the same, but I remember um, another thing that I was interested in for a while, I guess when I was younger, but still even now, I've always been interested in like mental illness. And so I've read a lot of books about schizophrenia and books written by schizophrenics. I don't even know why that's a thing, but that's just something that has interested me for a while, even when I was in high school. And I remember telling somebody who I wasn't even that close to, but, um, but we were friends. But anyway, I remember telling him like just in passing, like, oh, maybe maybe I'll be like a psychiatrist for, you know, schizophrenics or something. And I said that just in like passing. And I remember he was like, no way. Like you are too sensitive and kind for that. You would get too wrapped up in their, like their world and like their, you know, cause you probably can't really fix them, you know, and they would pull you down. And, and I remember being like, what? <laughs> like I did not, I was so not even aware that self-aware at that time to even realize that that's who I was and that I was that kind of person. But I remember him saying that and I was just like, what is he talking about? But then like all these years later, I'm like, oh, that is a hundred percent spot on entirely. And that's very much is a Pisces, Pisces characteristic too, is like wanting to fix people, you know, and like wanting to be a healer and like help others. And you're having such a deep sense of empathy and um, compassion, like that's very much Pisces. And like you said, it does make you more emotional, but it doesn't have to be, I mean, a lot of other signs could benefit from (laughs) having more of that, you know? And so that's like something that doesn't, um, that comes easy to Pisces. And, and I think I took that for granted. I think I was always really sensitive and was always very compassionate, but it wasn't like a part of how I just automatically identified myself because I, you know, was like, I think as a child, always trying to try, probably trying to act less sensitive than I was, you know, act less emotional, I guess. But anyway, it's something I own now more proudly. Yeah. I think the older you get, the more you start to really look at who you are uniquely and say, these are like, these are all qualities that you could use in some way. And it makes us different than everyone else. And we all can kind of approach things differently. And that's almost like one of the first questions that I'll ask people, especially like if I'm if I'm vibing with people and I was like, what's your sign? Because I just want to make sure that they're like really who they're like portraying themselves to be. (laughs) But I know that that sometimes doesn't work out because uh, my husband is a Gemini and Pisces and Gemini are supposed to like not get along but uh-huh. we've, we've been doing okay so, so <laughs> well I think that's another why you know because we're not just our sun signs and I know you know that but you know because how other people's because even though I'm Aquarius and but like Pisces and Aquarius are are kind of different you know but like I feel like having both of them really make who I am in whole you know and so I think that's I'm sure also true for like you know I don't know what your husband's like moon sign is do you know what your moon sign is Julia um it's a Sagittarius Maybe. Oh, well, look at that. And you and Jen, see, I know. that happens a lot where somebody's moon sign 
and their friend's sun sign. I have a lot, like, yeah, one of my best friends is an Aquarius moon. And um, I don't really have very many Pisces in my life, though. So I need I need more of them. <laughs> well, here I am. I'll, I'll join. <laughs> I feel like we could have some really great conversations about all yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So good. So we kind of always end all of our interviews with what is the best advice that you have ever heard or that you kind of take to heart and use? Yeah, I've heard you ask this in other podcasts and I, and I was like, oh, how would I answer that? I don't know. But um, having thought of it, like the thing that pops in my mind and I haven't thought of something better <laughs> is my mom told me, um, I don't know if it was necessarily advice, but it's just something that has been sticking with me and helping me. So again, this is back to the making jewelry and sort of feeling like, well, there's so much jewelry in the world already. Like, I don't nearly need to make more. Like, it seems kind of silly if I really go down that line of thinking. Um, and there's so many other people that are making jewelry. Um, so I was like saying some things like that to her. And she just reminded me that she was like, you know, there's also a whole lot of people in the world too. You know, like there's enough for everybody, like, which, it's such a simple thing, but it was like a, a reframing of how I saw it, you know? So even though there is a whole lot of jewelry out there, there's a lot of people with ears, you know, <laughs> that want to wear it. And so even though, you know, like this other person that makes jewelry might have their following of people or, you know, like there's enough people, there's enough people. That's so good because it's true for like writing, like you go in a bookstore and there's so many books and yes. I'm just like, oh, there's so many books. Like, why am I going to, you know, write another one? But people are different and they like different things and like musicians there's there's room for everybody and that's the beautiful part of it so yeah that's great advice exactly so where can people find you laura and your jewelry um well i would say i didn't expect to get on here and talk about social media so much but um (laughs) well now you have to share uh, your account information for sure yeah (laughs) so on instagram um it's just chromadots is my account um i feel like that's probably the best way to you know, follow because that's where I share all the new things that I make and post things. Um, I have a Facebook account too, under the same name, Chromadots. Um, and then I have an Etsy page, an Etsy shop. So I think it's like etsy.com slash shop slash Chromadots. But there's also a link in my Instagram to the Etsy page. So perfect. Chromadots, just Google Chromadots yeah. and you'll probably find it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for letting us know. But yeah, thanks for sharing everything today. We had a really, like, I, you never know when you have a guest on the show, like, where's the conversation going to go? Like, it could be like, it's like when you're live on a TV show, you don't know what's going to happen. But I just think it's so fascinating. Every time we have a guest on, it's just so interesting. And I'm so grateful to get to, you know, get to know people better and connect with people. So this has been really, really awesome. So thanks so much, Laura. Yeah, definitely. I'm really happy to be here. And like I said, I've been listening to all of your episodes and you know, originally it was just like, oh, there's these people I sort of know that are doing a podcast. Like, I don't know, am I going to be into this? And, and I'll just, I really genuinely want to say that I, I really like what the conversations that you guys have been having and stuff that are really right up my alley. And I feel like a lot of people, um, they're very relatable, I feel like for, especially for creative people, but even, you know, beyond that probably too. I, I just uh, really like what you're doing and can't wait to hear all the ones to come. Thanks for listening to Sippin' with Jen and Jules. Be sure to visit jenandjulespodcast.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Love this episode? Head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. 
It's very much appreciated. See you next time. Sipping? Sipping. No G. Sipping. No G. Not sipping. Right. Sipping. 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 We're drinking beer, not martinis. (laughs)